Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Today, Apostle continues in the midweek series as he picks up from where he left off last week on how to study the Word of God. The man of God continues to teach us the importance of studying the Word and the relevance that the Word of God has in our lives as believers. So grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Osaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Okay, so last week we began a new series and we titled it How to Study the Bible. We titled it How to Study the Word. So this week we are continuing. For those of you who missed out last week, our, our, our scripture, we look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And we'll go straight to it as we embark on this wonderful, wonderful series. I would like you to do me a favor and from wherever you're watching from, I want you to tell us where you're watching from. We are very interested in knowing the virus demographics. And I would also just like you to share it. And I'd like you to share this service everywhere because everybody needs to learn this. Everybody needs to know about this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so for me, this is one of those, uh, one of those topics which, if I may, if I may say, I feel it's one of those that has been undertaught. It's one of those topics that has really been undertaught. And when I say that, uh, we are in a period where for most people, they want to hear something new all the time. And sometimes they call this revelation. And sometimes what people call revelation is not really revelation. Sometimes it's imagination. Sometimes it's just fantasizing. But generally, it's not everything that people say, this is revelation, this is a mystery. It's not everything that people say that that's really revelatory. Because ideally, if we have not uh, studied the scriptures for ourselves, we'll find ourselves in a very, very negative place. So I would really love it if we took this very seriously. This will keep you from error. This will keep you from falling. This is something that every Christian needs to know. Praise God. And so let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And the Bible says, 
and I want it from the amplified version. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. And so the Bible says, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. And as we go on in the series, we'll be teaching you how you can do this. One thing that I want you to know from the onset is Bible studying can be taught. You can be taught how to study the Bible. There are many things which I've learned generally by inspiration of the Spirit. But more often than not, that inspiration has come after being exposed to relevant Bible study tools. More often than not. And I did mention last time that anything that you do not consider valuable, you will not get to experience the best of it. Until you begin to see it as something of value, you will not experience the best of it. Okay? So now when we are talking about the scriptures, we know that we, we cannot have the word of God without the scriptures. We cannot. And I gave you a few reasons last week why you need the word of God. Some of them included the fact that you, you need the word of God for you to grow. You are not going to grow spiritually if you don't know the word. And today, we will uh, look at a few. Another reason why every person needs to study the scriptures and get the word of God in them is simple. The word of God keeps you from sin. Along with this, I can say, from the scriptures, you learn how to live. You learn how to live. The best person to tell you about how something should be used is the one who manufactured it. So the God who manufactured life, the God who manufactured this earth, has given us precepts and has taught us how to live. Your life questions should be answered by the scriptures, not by society trends, because society trends change. You're not going to go before God and say, well, everybody was doing it, so it was normal in my day. And I can tell you, some people will be saying things like, no, there are certain things which, you know, they're old-fashioned, they're for another generation. No, 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 no. The, the word of God endures forever. That's why I struggle. I struggle with the synonym uh, basic instructions before leaving earth. I struggle with it. Because even in heaven, you are going to need the word of God. The Bible says the word of God endures forever. So this is not stuff that's going to just go away. This is stuff that you need to relate with God. And I'm telling you, the scriptures are ageless. As we get into studying the Bible, you realize that, of course, there are issues of context. Of course, there are issues of cultural settings. But you'll notice that the spirit who inspired the scriptures is able to bring them even in our time and show us how to live. Psalm 119 verse 9. The Bible says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according according to your word. Let's go on. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Hold on there. Notice, he asks a question. He says, how can a young man cleanse his way? And he says, by taking heed according to your word. Then the next verse says, with my whole heart, I have sought you. 
There's something I want to comment about that scripture. Usually when we talk about seeking God, when we're talking about pursuing God, the only thing that sometimes comes to our minds is maybe spending two hours in your living room lifting your hands and singing, I will pursue you or I will follow you. But notice how David describes pursuit of God in this scripture. He actually describes it in a different light because he's talking about the scriptures. He's talking about the word. And he says, with my whole heart, I have sought you. What am I trying to say? That praise God for those moments of refreshment. Praise God for those moments where you lift your hands and tears are dropping and you're just saying, Lord, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, seeking after greater levels. Praise God for that. But there's also a place where you open the Bible and say, Lord, I'm just seeking after. I'm just seeking after. What about sitting down and interacting with the scriptures? Notice, even in Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And his righteousness there is talking about his way of being and doing right. You are not going to know his way of being and doing right if all you do is pray. You have to know it from the scriptures. I, I, I hope you're getting my point. Listen, there is no reason for God to think you honor something he's saying now if you've not honored what he's already written. How are you going to honor a rema word? How are you going to honor a prophetic word? So the word of God keeps you from sin, and generally it teaches you how to live. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And of course, the process of it getting in your heart it's meditation, and meditation starts with the mouth. I want you to see verse 70 of the same Psalm 119. Verse 70. Praise God. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your law. Now, here is something that I'll tell you. This is a tip, and I'll probably speak more in depth about it uh, later on. If you want to enjoy your life as a Christian, take delight in God's precepts. Take delight in God's way of doing things. Tell him, Lord, I love your methods. I love your precepts. I love the things you've restrained me from. I love the things you've allowed me. Other people may be thinking as though I'm seated here bored, but no, not for me. I enjoy your way of doing things. Take delight in God's way. Praise God. Take delight in God's way. Don't let God's way uh, mentally become burdensome to you. Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Don't let God's ways offend you. Take delight in them. Celebrate them. Praise God. So that's our fifth reason. We gave four last week, right? Assuming you remember. <laughs> uh, we gave about three last week. So this is the fourth. We gave three last week. Number five, why you must study the scriptures. In the word is both our offensive and defensive weapons of spiritual warfare. In the word is both our offensive and defensive weapons of spiritual warfare. I'm going to tell you uh, something. 
there was a time for me when spiritual warfare was a very was a very very interesting phenomenon it was something that i thought that to do spiritual warfare effectively there are certain words you needed to say and, and you know i would download some prayers and hear some prayers and would, and usually there would be full of a lot of bombastic language and Oh my goodness, the number of things that we talked about. Now, people generally have different revelations and sometimes God can give someone insight over certain spirits that they are fighting against or something like that. But my point is, my perception, and unfortunately that may be the perception of some, my perception was that, oh, you needed to know the 72 names of this demon and the 50 what of this. And you know, you'd be and you know, it brought about this natural being creeped out. You know, you'll be praying and you see a gecko. Like you'll be praying and then you see a gecko. And as you're praying, then the gecko is over there. Then you forget that it's rainy season and there are mosquitoes. So probably there is something that the gecko is following. And so you're praying and you're like. There would be this mindset where afterwards you would say, I know that you're hearing me. I and you would think that everything that you see has probably been sent by the evil one. What am I trying to say? For me, the breakthrough came the day I discovered that the entirety of what I needed to know about spiritual warfare was found in the word of God. That's where it was found. Ephesians chapter number 6. You can read from verse 10 to 17 in your own time. But for today, verse 17. The Bible says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's offensive, right? You use that now to attack the evil one. Give me verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's defensive, right? That's the one that you use now to protect yourself from the evil one. And observe that the defensive weapon, you have to take up the shield of faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by what? The word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So if you don't know the scriptures, if you don't know the word of God, you're not equipped for spiritual warfare. And the unfortunate thing is that the Bible does tell us that the evil day does come. The evil day is not something you can pray against. Instead, it's something you have to be equipped for. I'll say that again. The evil day is not something you can bind. It's something you must be equipped for. And your level of preparation determines whether it remains an evil day or for you. It's like the way every other day is supposed to be glorious. So you cannot but know the scriptures. Notice how Jesus responded when the evil one tempted him. Have you observed that he kept saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. That shows you that he was equipped and his equipping was by the scriptures. He did not have to say, oh, 
I release 14 bulldozers, I, 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 I bazooka you or something like that. No, no, no. Please, if you want to use those words, it's up to you. Just make sure that there are scriptures involved. Just make sure that what those bazookas are shooting are really scriptures. Otherwise, Satan is not afraid of your big words. That's not what he's afraid of. Number five, the word of God establishes us. The word of God establishes us. I want us to look at Second Chronicles chapter number 20 and verse 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as soon as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Praise God. Now, I want you to understand something. Our encounter with God, primarily, is through the word. Our first encounter with God is through the word. How do we know that? The Bible says, uh, the Bible tells us, but the word is near you. It's in our mouth and in our tongue. This word of faith which you have believed. So remember, for us to get saved, there's a word that we hear. That word, that word is what establishes us. And even as you want to grow in the faith, you need to be established in the word. Look at Hebrews chapter number 5. And I want you to see verse 11. Hebrews 5, and I want to see verse 11. So here he's telling them about Melchizedek, and he says, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Uh-huh. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. What is he talking about? What's the milk? What's the solid food? It's all, in the, it's all the word. Let's go on. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. Uh-huh. Let's go to chapter, uh, chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, and then he begins to mention the other foundational doctrines. But from this, you can clearly see that the foundation, the establishment of every believer is wrapped up in the word. In short, whether you are grounded, whether you are established, is determined by the word that you know. He's trying to say, if you don't know about this, 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 then you've not yet done foundation class. You've not yet done the elementary levels. What a sorry sight if a person has been a believer for so many years, but spiritually they're as good as in pre-grade. Because they've not learned the basic one plus one of Christianity. And where is that found? It's found in the Word. Remember last week I taught you that you have to pray the word. Remember I told you that your relationship with the word is like our relationship with food. I, I mentioned that it's by the word that you grow. So you can imagine the amount of wrong prayers that people are praying because they don't know the word. Remember, you have to be like that one who built their house on solid ground. 
So on what ground are you building your life? Or as others may love to call it, your spiritual life. On what ground are you building? You have to build on the word. Don't forget that it's by the word that God created everything. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Through him were all things made, and without him was nothing made that is made. We're also told that by faith we believe that God created the heavens and the earth. And we're told that that which is visible was created by that which is not visible. He created the worlds by his word. So the word of God establishes us. And that's why if you are a believer and you are interested in growing, you have to get interested in Bible studies. You have to get interested in things like cell meetings. You have to get interested in that. You know, sometimes you'll be talking to someone and they say, no, me, I'm just a worshiper. Or I want to just meetings while we're worshiping. Oh, my, my goodness. You don't know what you're worshiping. Oh, you don't know what you're worshiping. No. Someone is an apostle. How can you tell people they don't know what they're worshiping? Because that's what Jesus said to the Samaritan. Haven't you read in John chapter 4? The Samaritan was like, your fathers worship on this mountain. Our fathers worship on this mountain. Your fathers say we should worship in Jerusalem. And then Jesus says, you guys don't know what you're worshiping because salvation is from the Jews. And two, and so you can be at a place where you just love music. But you don't know the God you're worshipping. You've not gotten a revelation of him. Because you've not interacted with the scriptures. That's why you find people lifting their hands and crying. And afterwards, you are amazed by the amount of carnality that can come out of their mouth. They don't know the word. May that not be your story. If that has been your story, this is an opportunity for it to change. That's why I'm teaching you this. Because you have to learn how to study the scriptures. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Is somebody enjoying this? Isn't this, you know, for me it feels a bit more like, uh, it feels more like we're having Bible study. It feels more like, for me, like we're having Bible study. Somebody say glory. Why must you know the scriptures? It keeps you from deception. The scriptures keep you from deception. The last thing you want to do is be deceived. And you know, sometimes I hear people, they are so afraid. Somebody they want to encounter the prophetic because they are afraid of false prophets. Someone they want to encounter the miraculous because they are afraid of false miracles. There's a, there's a solution to that. But first, you must know that we are living in a time where deception, the Bible tells us this is the period where deception would be high. That's what the scriptures tell us. But don't forget, where there is darkness, what happens? The light shines brighter. And then the Bible says the entrance of his word brings light. We are living in a period where the word of God is being revealed like never before. But I want you to see this. First, First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. This is one of those series where as you're, as you're listening, you need, you, you need to take note of these scriptures. First Timothy chapter 4. The Bible says, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So there are people right now who have embraced deceiving spirits and they are learning doctrines which have literally been taught by demons, by devils. And you notice that the way the 
enemy has operated from the beginning is not different from the way he's operating now. Haven't you observed the first thing he did with Eve is that he perverted the word God said. He comes, did God really say? And then he says, no, 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 no. even if it's, it's okay, you can eat. You'll be like him. Haven't you observed suddenly there's an attack, let's say, on things like holiness? Is it really wrong to do this? No, no, no. Is somebody getting my point? So notice what he goes on to say. Uh-huh. It says, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Uh, for every creature is of God and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Let me show you Second Timothy chapter 4 again. It is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Second Timothy chapter 4, from verse 1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Now, he's talking to his, his spiritual son, Timothy. And look at what he says. He's giving him a charge. And he tells him, preach the word. Just tells him, preach the word. No to get to young people nowadays, you know, you need to find a way of putting it. No, preach the word. No, sometimes you have to change your stuff. Preach the word. It works. And he says, be ready in season and out of season. Notice what, we, notice what we're charged to do. It says, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Why must we? Eh, my God, are you hearing that? He says, by the Preach the word, and with it, what must you do? You must convince, you must rebuke, you must exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Why? The next verse tells us. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. That's what the scriptures tell us about this period of time that people will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Praise God. Give me the next verse. But you be watchful in all things. Enjoy afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. I pray may you fulfill your ministry. Now, how can you keep yourself from being deceived, right? Because it means people will be intrigued. You, you, you find there are some people who if they hear a topic like how to study the Bible. Uh, but if they hear how to be able to see 15 visions in one night, that's my word. Now, I'm not saying that every teaching like that is wrong. But usually, if people are thirsty only for things that appear very flashy, it's very easy for them to follow anyone who just says, I had a vision. Do you know some people lie? Haven't we been shown in 1 Timothy 4 that some people, their conscience is seared. They've got no regard for God. They've got no regard for God. Don't forget, there are those who... We are, we are in a period where there are some fake preachers. Fake in the sense that for some it's just a game. Then there are also false ones. False in the sense that there's some satanic power behind them. There's only one way, one way. Acts chapter 17. Verse... Number 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away, 
by night to Berean. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Let's go on. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness. So it's not that they received the word with skepticism. No, it's not that they received the word with a, with, with, with a judgmental mindset. No, they, they received the word with all readiness. But look at what they went on to do. And search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So they received the word with all readiness. But what did they do? They searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. It's, you cannot deceive a person who knows the scriptures. You cannot deceive a person who knows the scriptures. Look at the next verse. Therefore, many of them believed. And also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. Praise God. Another reason. I'm not sure whether I'm on number eight. I'm on number eight. Are you sure you're ready for this one? Are you sure you're ready for this one? It builds you up and gives you an inheritance. <laughs> Acts chapter number 20. Come on, you know this one. And Let's try to see it from two or three versions today. Verse 32. So now... Brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. Let's have the amplified. And now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. And I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor. It is able to build you up and give you your rightful inheritance among all God's set-apart ones, those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. Praise God. Let's have the NLT. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace. That is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Listen. The word of God builds you. Let the word of God become the building blocks for your life. The word of God builds you. Have you ever heard the saying when people are encouraging people on what they eat and they say, look, you have to be careful with what you eat because you are what you eat. You know, technically, they have a point because, you know, what you eat uh, goes through some various processes and it actually becomes part of you. The nutrients, at least, they become part of you. Oh, are you seeing what, I, I, are you getting what I'm, where I'm going to now? What about with the scriptures? Remember, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. That's who you are. You are what you eat. Haven't you noticed that Paul can literally call certain people living epistles? Why were they called living epistles? Because they were the words that Paul spoke. They were the literal manifestation of the words that Paul spoke. So the word of God is able to build you up. And you know, when you know this, you can even become deliberate about your Bible study. You can decide, say, you know what? Um, I need to build myself up in this area. Never forget the word of God makes you what it talks about. It's got creative power. 
So he's able to build you up. Then he goes on to say, and give you an inheritance among the saints. Let me tell you why I love that verse. I've tried to explain it in physical words. I've tried to. But you see, when we think about the saints, let's, let's give an example of, let's say, three areas. Let's say the blessing. When we think about the blessing, we think of people like Abraham, right? You think of people like Isaac. And just generally, certain people who we associate with, who we can see who are blessed. And then even in the now, you find there are certain people who we identify with, who if anyone was to ask you, show me one person who's blessed, you said that one. And probably you'd point at me. Praise God. <laughs> so for me, when I think about all those people, I think, wait, 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 wait. If I believe the word they believed, what the word does is that it gives me my portion among them. Well, when people mention a prosperous one, it's not just Abraham they'll mention. Well, when people mention one who walked in miracles, it's not just Paul and his handkerchief who they'll mention. There's no way Paul's handkerchief can have a part in this which I don't have. There's no way Peter's shadow can walk in levels that I can't walk in. I don't know if you're getting my point. It gives you your portion. It gives you your inheritance. The Bible says my lines have fallen in even places. I have a godly heritage. I have a godly inheritance. That's what the word of God does. It, you'll be named among those whom God has blessed. Praise God. Maybe you're, you're listening to me and you've, you've had a challenge in your health. And you read about that woman with the issue of blood. And you see how the Lord healed her. You'll be named among those whom God healed. And not only that, you'll go further than that. You'll be named among those who God's word has kept healthy. Think, you think about the Israelites, how they were in the desert for 40 years. And the Bible tells us that their sandals never wore out. What would happen when their shoe size would, when their legs would increase? Their shoe size would increase them. I mean, if the word of God could supernaturally repair their, their, their sandals, sandals, sandals for 40 years, you're telling me the word of God can't supernaturally repair your body. No, no, no. You will not walk in those illnesses anymore. Those which you've accepted as part of your life, never again in the name of Jesus. Those which are saying, oh, yeah, this affects me every month. This affects me every two weeks. Never again in the name of Jesus. I mean, if sandals, who cares about sandals? If sandals could be constantly walking without wear, oh, then you can live the next 40 years without wear and tear. You can live the next 100 years without wear and tear. And you know something? It's about time we start taking God by his word. Because it's the word of God that establishes us. Let's not, let's not forget that. It says, believe his word and you shall be established. Believe the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. The trouble is, how can you prosper what's not been established? You'll be imbalanced in your walk if all you do is believe God's servants. They are very important. But if you believe them outside the context of the word of God, there'll be trouble. That's where now people start getting deceived. Praise God. Praise God. The word of God gives you your inheritance among the sanctified. May you be named among the great. In the name of Jesus, may you be named among those God used. When they are talking about people God used, you will be named among them. The word of God gives you your portion. I remember, for me, there are certain spiritual gifts I only began to walk in. Not because I had like a strange, 
I had like a unique revelation or maybe a unique encounter. I just found it in the scriptures. Ah, I said, ah, okay. <laughs> and it's for me. <laughs> I found in the word it was written, desire the best gifts. I said, ah, fine. Yeah, I desire that one. Praise God. And that's why you must be careful. Notice they received the word with all readiness. They didn't say they received with all skepticism. As much as they searched the scriptures, they were ready to receive it if it was the word. Many of us are denying ourselves good things because we're not ready to receive it. Praise God. Do I have time for a few more? Maybe one more? Or two? Or three? I want number what? Nine? Number eight. The word reveals the mind and heart of God. One of the serious arguments I hear is, no, men wrote the Bible. I've heard some people literally say, I believe in Jesus, but not the Bible. Get serious. Which Jesus do you believe? And how was he introduced to you? Look at what, look at what Peter said. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You understand when we get to the next part and we talk about the sanctity of both the Old and the New Testament Scriptures. Next week, we're going to continue. I'll give you about three more reasons why we have to study the scriptures. And there's one which I really love. It will help you. And so if you're, in, if you're in a position where you're saying, Pastor, I don't understand what I read. I, I doze off when reading the Bible. I don't know how to study the Bible. This is the right series for you. Because we're going to go into detail how you can study the old, how you can study the new. What to do when you see something and you really just don't get it. Why people talk about Greek and Hebrew words. What kind of versions to use. We'll talk about all that. Praise God. Come on, just lift your hands and say after me. Say in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I'm a student of the word. The word of God is growing in me. It's growing in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for all your children. Lord, that you open the eyes of their understanding. Let their hearts with flooded be let their hearts be flooded with light. Give them understanding of your word, O oh God. Give them understanding. I pray in Jesus' name that they'll be named among those testifying. That one who's saying, when is my turn? Lord, I declare that their turn is now. In Jesus' name, thank you because you perform the counsel of your servants. In Jesus' name. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the communion of the Spirit be with you all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory to God.
What a service. I've been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on plus 2609537560 or plus 2609774746 If you are unable to call us you can email us on the city of the lord zambia at gmail.com or reach us on the facebook page at the city of the lord church stay blessed